Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Ed Marks, SVP with Advisory Board and CIO at NYC Health and Hospitals. In this segment, Marks talks about why he values passion over any other quality, the practical, free, and easy advice he offers to aspiring leaders, and what he considers to be the most satisfying moments of his career. In your current role, and then even in past roles too, when, when you're trying to, to fill positions or help people to advance, what are the qualities that, that you feel are most important? About the last thing I look at is technical aptitude. Unless the person was for my CTO or something that required deep technical aptitude. But even then, the number one thing I look for is passion. So I want someone with passion. And that passion could be for anything. It could be for dance. It could be for rock and roll, whatever. But I need someone with passion because passion drives energy. And, and we do some very difficult things. We work in complex organizations. We have people's lives at stake. And so I need someone who's full of vigor and energy and passion. And then so number two, and oftentimes they're very closely related, is service orientation. Someone who sees their role is to serve others. Because, see, if I have someone with passion and I have someone with service, I can train them to do database administration or I can train them to become a network certified for Cisco. I can train them to become an analyst for a particular electronic health record or an effective project manager. But if I have someone who's the opposite where they're really technical but have no passion or service orientation, that's not who I'm looking for. And so I looked for these people with passion and service and I built some amazing teams over the years by focusing on those two items. Because again, the rest comes later. You can't teach talent. You know, talent are these sort of innate things. You can teach skills. So if I get someone with talent, I can teach them the skill. But I can have someone who's skilled and it's really hard to teach someone a skill to really uh, suddenly become empathetic or suddenly become passionate about something, you know, in, in life. So that's, that's what I look for. And then I invest in those people. We do a lot of programs both here in New York City and where I've come from. I, I lead personally a couple of different programs just to help people get to the next level. Because, again, I think the more you can build into someone, the more effective they become and the better off your team is and the better off your organization is and ultimately the patients whom we're there to really care for. So I'm really big on that, on that sort of philosophy. Right. And I'd imagine that this has to do with um, the experience you've gained, but then also uh, having the mentors and, and you just kind of piece together um, the leadership strategy that seems to work best for you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm just a product of people who have built into me. That's why I'm so passionate about building into others because I was, and you may have read this before about me or we may have talked about it before, but I'm telling you, I'm about as average person as you can get. And I started off very rough in life and, and things were not good, but someone believed in me before I believed in myself and they gave me opportunity and they gave me opportunity. They, they equipped me so I had sort of that passion. I had sort of that service-oriented heart, if you will. But then they gave me the skills and they gave me opportunity. And so I just grew from that. And I'm always so thankful when I meet with other people or someone asks me for help or they want to get to the next level in their career or life. I'm always desiring to give whatever I can to that person because other people did it for me. And without them, you know, I would have accomplished very, very little and certainly not fulfilled the calling that's been put on my life. And so 
you know, you reap what you sow, and I just sow as much into them as I can. And, and like I said, we start extra programs. You know, all of our organizations, you know, they all have good human resource departments with good training. But on top of that, I always add our own training and personalize it to, to the mission and calling that we have uh, because I think it makes it even that much more effective. And so that's what we're doing, constantly building in people. You know, I don't have time. No one has time, but we still do it. Yeah. Because the more you invest in others, the more things get done, the better our patients are taken care of. And really, from a selfish point of view as a leader, you make your job easier. Because if the people around you are strong and getting stronger, there's less reliance on you to carry it all. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. When you think about the advice you would give either to people who are, are you know, new or aspiring CIOs or other leaders, you know, maybe even looking back at your own experience, is there any advice you would give? Yeah, I, for sure, you know, there's probably three or four things. For sure, get a mentor. And again, I mean a formal mentor, not someone you talk to every once in a while, but someone you have regular cadence with. So that's really important. Another thing is continuous learning. So when I went through a huge learning growth spurt, I just happened to have a lot of car time, a lot of commute time. And so I never listened to the radio as much as I might have wanted to or my favorite band, but I was listening to book CDs constantly and I was probably going burning through two or three books a week and I would just and I'd play them at least two or three times just to let it sink in you know because you can't give 100% focus while you're driving but just to let it sink in so those are two really easy things and the other the other thing is volunteer so it doesn't have to be in healthcare; it could be in something else but just volunteer because you learn more you learn about other organizations perhaps it's outside of healthcare or or you just have other human interactions and, and that might help you with becoming a more sensitive person or a better communicator. And then number four is just to hang out with people as much as you can. And, and it could be the people that you serve with. It could be physicians or nurses that you admire. Uh, it could be administrators that you admire. So these aren't formal mentors, but these are people that you're learning from. You're shadowing you know, I still shadow, I still require shadowing of those who work with, serve with me. And so I'm always learning. So these three or four things are, are things are practical, free, easy, and they'll make you a better person and make you a better professional. Okay. And as you had alluded to before, you've had experience at so many different types of organizations. When you think about it, is there anything that, that stands out as being like a really proud moment or something where where you really felt like, you know, you were in the right place? Yeah, I think there's so many. I can think of, you know, one or two for every organization I've had the honor to serve with. But like at Texas Health, when, when our organization won the Davies Award, recognizing us for superior, you know, clinical experience, leveraging technology, that was a proud moment because it wasn't about one person. We've all received accolades that are specific to an individual, and those are okay. But when they're team-based and with the Davies Award, that was – not just IT, it wasn't just one individual in IT, but it was the entire organization from administration to clinical staff. So that was like, wow, because we started off, you know, at ground zero and just built our way to that and it was hard work. And, and so it was sort of external validation that what we did internally was good. And the other thing, and this goes back to my time in Cleveland and uh, also Texas Health, and I, and, I can, and I speak prophetically that it will happen in New York City as well, and that is that we saw how technology leveraged correctly with awesome clinicians saves people's lives. So we were able to show that statistically in Cleveland, 
and in Texas Health. And I know it will be true as well when, we're, when our service is, is uh, complete because we're still early on here in New York City. But when you start seeing the fruit of that labor and it's actually impacting quality of care, it's actually impacting patient safety, it's actually saving people's lives, there's no greater reward to me than that. That's what it's all about, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, just the last thing I wanted to ask you was you're someone who's talked about um, balance in life, and um, we're starting to see more emphasis on this with some of the CHIME programs, which is, which is great. But just a few thoughts on, on how important that is and how everyone has to really do whatever they can to, to achieve some semblance of balance. Yeah, you definitely have to carve time out. I know I do a lot of um, physical activities, so I do a lot of sports and different things. And so my time from is, you know, early morning. I have several hours every day where uh, that sort of my time is carved out, unless, of course, there's an emergency. But uh, generally speaking, there's not. And so that's, that's my time. And then also when I come home from the office, I'm with my family. I don't do work. Now, I'll, I'll, before I go to bed, I'll to review the next day, think about some of the things that I learned that day, clean up any remaining emails that need to be addressed. But it's a very short time frame. So once I get home, I'm home. So I, I don't allow myself to constantly be distracted. So it's easy to do, as we know, with the ubiquity of our smart devices and such. Uh, it's very easy to, to overemphasize work over your family, and, and that can be very detrimental. So it's important to take care of yourself physically. So I carve time out for that, as I mentioned, family, spiritually, because you want to be a holistic person, and if any one area becomes out of whack, it, it, it starts impacting the other areas. So the, the life balance is something to take very, very serious. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you build the teams that we talked about earlier. You sow into your people. You get the whole organization involved. So it's not just about you. Then there won't be a reason for you to always be busy working because you have a team, you have an organization that is all engaged. Yeah. Yeah, really good stuff. And I could definitely talk to you longer, but I – um, I'll let you go, but I'd love to catch up again another time to uh, talk, about, talk about this more, but I really appreciate it, and I think that our listeners, readers, are really going to uh, take what you said and hopefully uh, you know, use it to make an impact. Yes, I, I hope so, and, and it's my pleasure to speak with you. All right, well, thanks so much, Ed, and um, I look forward to seeing you soon. All right, likewise. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, Visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.